He's been deemed a dreamer, a global game changer, a vibrant visionary, a stellar storyteller. But most of all, he was a hardworking, faithful father attempting to entertain and educate his kids and have some fun as well. We will demystify the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Walt Disney on today's FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, 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 amigos, and welcome to this, another exciting edition of FYI for your English. And the other day I was taking a look at the episodes, and guys, this is our 41st episode episode. That's right. We have looked at 41 different topics so far, and I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear about the ones you liked the most and other things that you would like to hear more about in the future. I don't know if you could tell by my voice, but I'm so excited about this week's topic. And I got to say something yesterday or yesterday, last week's topic was pizza. And believe me, there are few things I love on this planet more than pizza. But uh, Disney Disney is high up on the totem pole. I've got to say, as somebody who worked at Disney, I worked as a Disney employee, as somebody who grew up watching Disney flicks, well, this person and his organization, I think it's so much more than an organization, uh, it has created some of the greatest memories, childhood memories for all of us. It doesn't matter where you live in the world. Uh, Walt Disney is far-reaching. And today, as we'll see later in the in the episode, this guy and his empire is now probably the largest entertainment conglomerate in the whole world. But it all started with one guy, one humble guy. Well, I don't know if he was humble, humilde, but he did have humble beginnings, comienzos humildes. But before we look at his past, let's take a look at the intro, because I always like to put some good vocabulary that I'd like to teach you in the intro as well. So I said he's been deemed a dreamer. Now, to deem somebody something is considerar. See what I did there? Deemed dreamer. He's been deemed a dreamer. I originally had called, but then I said, wait, I got to do my double alliteration here. What am I, crazy? He's been deemed a dreamer, a global game changer. Now, a game changer is somebody who changes the rules and changes the way we play forever. And I think even people who aren't big fans of Disney won't argue that one. This guy was a game changer. He was also a vibrant visionary, a Visionary is un visionario and vibrant con mucha vida, mucho color. I think you say the word vibrante in Spanish. Then I said he was a stellar storyteller. Stellar is estelar and storyteller is como suena, un narrador, a storyteller, alguien que cuenta cuentos. And in the end, that's really what he was. Before you could call him a businessman, before you could call him anything else, he was a storyteller and he told his story through his illustrations. But then if you really start to uncover who this guy was, Walt Disney, he was really just simply a hard 
hardworking, uno que se empeña, que trabaja mucho, a hardworking, faithful, fiel, right? A faithful father who was attempting, intentando, we can say attempting or trying to entertain and educate his kids and have some fun as well. So I've got to be honest with you. When I started, you know, putting this episode together, I said, well, that's kind of my goal too with my daughter and with my students. I want to entertain you. I want to educate you. And I want us to all have some fun along the way. So indirectly, this episode, it was indirectly inspired by Mr. Walt Disney himself. Then I said, we will demystify the man, the myth, the legend. And those are three things that we often say together. The man, the myth, the legend, the one and only, el único, Walt Disney. So as I said, uh, he comes from humble beginnings. He was born in Chicago on December 5th, 1901. Although some people will say that he was born in Mojácar. And we're going to take a look at that in the bonus part of the show. We're going to see why some people say that Walt Disney was born in Mojácar, Spain. That's right, in Almería, where my father is from. Now, he is the fourth of five children, el cuarto de cinco niños. He didn't stay in Chicago. His parents moved around, so uh, really he grew up in an area called Marceline, Missouri. Marceline, Missouri, and this was on a farm, and they moved there when he was four years old. Now, Marceline, Missouri is a really important part of this story because it was such an idyllic hometown that a lot of the ideas he had for Disney came from there, such as Main Street, which is one of the main areas in Disney World and Disneyland, was inspired by the Main Street in Marceline, Missouri. Also, this is where he started drawing. He started to see the neighbor's horses and he started replicating them and drawing them. And the neighbor noticed, he said, wait a second, this kid's got some talent. This kid has got a gift. Un don. They, uh, they started to help him and teach him and encourage him, alentarle, to keep drawing. But as I said, his father and his family moved around quite a bit. I mean, remember this. This is a very American thing. We'll go wherever the work is. So if there's no more work in your home state, well, you will up and move the family to another state because you're looking for opportunity, just like Walt Disney's father was. So they had difficulty making ends meet, llegar a fin de mes, in Marceline. So they moved to Kansas City. And this is where Disney's father, Elias Disney, purchased, to purchase this, comprar, uh, a newspaper route. And for the next six years, Walt Disney helped his father run that newspaper route and, and make all the different deliveries. So Disney's first job, we could say, was a paper boy. But he worked so hard. He worked after school. He worked on weekends. He really wanted to make his father's business work. And at that age, 
Walt Disney already had that work ethic that you need to make it. And a work ethic is this idea of I have to work. It doesn't matter if I don't feel well. It doesn't matter if I have a hangover. I have to do my job. So he had what we call work ethic from an early age. In fact, he worked so hard on this paper route that he had to drop out of high school. Now, to drop out is dejar el instituto. He dropped out of high school. So So many people don't know that. He is what we call a dropout. Walt Disney was a high school dropout. He didn't finish high school. At 16, he decided that he had to run his father's business. He was more interested in that. And then, well, he realized he also had another duty that he felt, otro deber, and that was to serve his country. And he felt like he wanted to do his part. There was just one problem. Our little friend Walt wasn't of age. He wasn't of legal age, so he couldn't join the armed forces. But that wasn't a problem for little Walt, because Walt said, well, you know what? I'll just forge a document. So he forged, to forge is falsificar, he forged his birth certificate so that it said that he was 17 years old instead of 16 years old. And because of this, he was able to join the Red Cross Ambulance Corps. And he helped people all throughout the war. He was even in France for a period. But technically, he wasn't supposed to be there. He was underage. So there we see as well some of his qualities coming out already. He seemed to be very sly, astuto. He also seemed like a go-getter. And a go-getter is alguien que va a por lo que quiere. No, somebody who's driven, somebody who is motivated. And that is is Walt Disney. But don't think that our friend Walt Disney had an easy way to the top. In fact, he failed many times. And it reminds me of that expression, if at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again, right? Or pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and start again, right? So that's what happens. If you fail, it doesn't mean you're a failure. It means you just haven't hit with the right formula yet. So young Walt in 1922 opened up a film studio which was called Laphogram. And, well, it struggled financially and it closed down in 1923. So his first company didn't even last a year. Ni siquiera duró un año. Imagine if Walt had given up. We wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. We wouldn't be talking about Mickey and Donald and Pixar and everything else that Disney has become. So there's a good lesson we can learn as well from Walt. Don't give up. Never give up. Nunca te des por vencido. So even though he shut down that studio because it was struggling financially, well, that same year, in 1923, he moved out west. He moved to Hollywood and he formed Disney Brothers Studio. And this is where he worked with his brother Roy Disney. And his poor brother was a, an ailing man, a very sick man. He suffered from padeció de tuberculosis. And so Walt almost felt like not only did he want to work with his brother, but he wanted to motivate it. He wanted to keep him busy uh, so he wasn't thinking about his sickness and, and the pain that he was going through. So for Walt, it was really, really important that his brother be on board. 
Now, it's interesting, too, the, the relationship that these siblings had. Remember, siblings is si no queremos decir brothers or sisters. Si no queremos darle un género, we say siblings. And even though, aunque, even though uh, Roy was the older brother, it seemed like Disney was kind of calling the shots. It seemed like he was running the show, at least creatively speaking. Now, it's clear that Roy was running the financials. He was running the, the, the business end that uh, Disney liked, but he was more interested in the creative side. And so this this new studio, Disney Brothers Studio out in Hollywood, they started uh, producing various shorts, uh, animated cartoons, and really they were experimenting with new technology and trying to work on this form of entertainment that was a, a fledgling form of entertainment. Fledgling is quite new. And finally, in 1927, Disney created a character that was a booming success. This character was huge, and I'm not talking about Mickey Mouse. I'm talking about Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And in 1927, he created Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. He did it with another distributor. So uh, in the end, that led to problems. And what problems did it lead to? Well, after the success of this character, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, Walt Disney went over to his boss, to the company that was paying him to make uh, this character. And he said, guys, I want a raise. Quiero un incremento. And not only did this guy, his last name I remember was Mince, uh, and this guy said Mince, he goes, oh no, no, we're not going to give you a raise. In fact, I'm going to pay you less now. And that's what he did. He offered to pay him less, and Walt Disney obviously was not having it. He goes, no way. And you know what happened? He took the character. And legally, he could, because Walt Disney didn't protect himself. He didn't register that character as a trademark. So the other guy, according to the contract, owned that character. So right there, he lost his first successful character, all because of a contract dispute. And to add insult to injury, to add insult to injury is to make a, a bad situation worse. Well, uh, aside from stealing his character, as if that wasn't enough, he also poached uh, many of Walt's workers. And to poach is como coger ilegalmente, no? Ir a por ellos. And he successfully stole a lot of Disney's greatest illustrators and his first big idea, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. So then what, what, what had to happen? Well, there's a, never a perfect expression like this one. He had to go back to the drawing board. Que es una expresión que hay que volver a empezar de cero. And never said better, because that's what he used, a drawing board. Una tabla de dibujar. So Disney had to go back to the drawing board. But this time, he learned a lesson. This next character he would create would be his. He would own the character. He would not give the rights of that character to anyone. And that character's name was Mortimer Mouse. Huh? Mortimer Mouse? Who the heck is that? Mortimer. It sounds like an 80-year-old man's name. Mortimer Mouse? 
Well, that was Mickey's original name. Uh, Walt Disney designed him, supposedly, for the first time on a train. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Disney has always had a fashion, uh, excuse me, a fascination with trains. And we'll see it in his parks, we'll see it at his house, and all throughout his life. So the way the story goes is that he designed this on a train, came up with this mouse, and he showed his wife. And he said, look, honey... I just designed my new character. His name is Mortimer Mouse. And his wife said, what are you, nuts? ¿Qué estás loco? Mortimer? What kind of name is that? That's not a really cute name. So then she, and thankfully, <laughs> she was there to intervene. Uh, she said, what about Mickey? I think that would be a better, uh, a better name. And, well, uh, he agreed, thankfully, with his wife. And Mickey Mouse was born. <laughs> Hiya, folks. It's great to see ya. And, well, that wasn't the first time we saw him in a cartoon, but that was supposedly the day that Mickey first saw the light of day. Even if it was just on a piece of paper going cross-country on a train, Mickey Mouse made his official debut in 1928 in a short film titled Steamboat Willie. And that was one of the first cartoons ever to use synchronized sound effects. And there was another thing you know he was a pioneer Walt Disney he wasn't afraid to take risks in fact I don't remember the amount of time but he purchased the rights to purchase as comprar to use Technicolor exclusively and Technicolor was something new so what did he do he basically made sure that for two or three years I don't remember exactly that his competition couldn't create cartoons in Technicolor it's genius. But what happens when you work too hard? What happens when you burn the candle at both ends? En inglés decimos eh, quemar la vela en ambos lados. Es mm, no descansar, no cuidarte muy bien. To burn the candle at both ends. Well, of course, he got worn out. Se desgastó. And in 1931, Walt Disney, this hardworking visionary who really hadn't stopped since he did that paper route with his dad, had a nervous breakdown. There was just so much stress happening in his life, and he was working too hard. And as, as we saw, he is, uh, has proved already uh, that he was a workaholic. So uh, his doctors recommended that he take a break and leave the studio for a while and disconnect. And he did. He, he listened to the doctors, and he ended up going on a multi-week vacation around South America, where technically he wasn't working, but if you guys know Disney, he was always jotting down ideas. Another thing about... Um, our friend Walt Disney, is that he was a perfectionist. He was known for being pretty strict with his employees. He was a stickler, but I guess, you know, I, I can understand that personality. He expected the best from himself, so he expected the best from his team. So when he was trying to find somebody to do the voiceover work for Mickey, to give Mickey a voice, o como decimos, to voice Mickey, directamente como verbo, he couldn't find anybody who did it exactly how he wanted it. So he was very meticulous. He was very demanding. We're learning a lot of adjectives here talking about Walt Disney. And so who ended up voicing the character? Walt Disney himself. 
Well, he said, if I can't find somebody to do it, I'm going to have to do it myself. Nobody can do it exactly how I want it done because a lot of people were doing a falsetto voice. But he said, it's not falsetto. You guys aren't getting it. And so he ended up doing the character's voice, or como dijimos antes, como verbo, voicing that character until 1947 when he was too busy to keep doing it. Uh, so he had to hire somebody. As much as he was a perfectionist and wanted to do it himself, he just didn't have time. And if you look at Walt Disney, pictures of him, videos of him, uh, even him speaking, I think, and this is my opinion, and but I'm, I'm so sure of it, and I, I, I really feel strongly about this. I feel like Mickey Mouse is Walt Disney's alter ego. Do you guys agree? What do you think of that? So the more responsibility he was taking on, well, the fewer things he could do as far as uh, animating and voicing the characters. In fact, a lot of people said that Disney rarely, especially in his later days, animated his own movies. He hired, well, he's a smart guy. He hired the best animators in the business and he got them to work for him. And you're thinking, so he wasn't an illustrator? Well, yes, he was. But he realized that there were people that were better than him at illustrating. And he hired them. And one of those people, and Disney would not be possible as we know it. None of the characters, nothing, without a guy named Ub Iwerks. Okay, and Ub Iwerks, this guy is basically Disney's right-hand man. There are even stories going around on the internet saying that he was the one who created Walt, uh, excuse me, not Walt Disney. <laughs> he was the one that created Mickey Mouse. Again, Disney wasn't going to let that happen again. So even if Ob Iwerks created Mickey Mouse, Disney was sure that he was going to be the one to have the rights to it. So what did Disney do if he wasn't illustrating and he stopped voicing uh, Mickey? Well, he was running the show, llevando la voz cantante. And what I realized from researching this is one of his most popular things that he did, and I think his, his biggest asset, su bien más importante to the company, was his storytelling ability. The way he could sit there with all his animators and scene by scene go through the story, doing all the different voices y luego hace este gesto so he wasn't he didn't even direct them but he kind of was the creative director the artistic director he knew what he wanted and he would try and explain that or transmit that to his workers then i also told you that uh, he had a love affair with trains and he'd been fascinated with trains since he was a little kid uh, in kansas city he even worked on the railroads when he was there he had a brief stint a brief stint es un periodo muy corto selling newspapers and snacks on trains and our friend was so fascinated by trains that he had a train in his house in Hollywood, in his backyard, and I think it went through the house. And it was a pretty big train. I mean, it wasn't full scale. It was like a model train, but I think it was like one-eighth scale or one-fourth scale. But even so, if you go to Disney World or you go to Disneyland, any of his parks, you'll see that there are trains everywhere. So this man, aside from uh, creating his most famous character on a train, also had his own train set at his house, a big train set that he could ride on. Now, this is another thing we forgot to say about Disney. He is a big kid. 
He is somebody whose inner child is alive and kicking. So we've talked a lot about uh, the different characters, some of the cartoons, some of the businesses, but we didn't talk about his theme parks. In 1955, July 17th, 1955, Disneyland was opened. It was opening day, and I'm sure you guys have heard this before, but it was a disaster. It did not go smoothly at all. Uh, there were counterfeit tickets. Uh, counterfeits are fake tickets. Uh, so there was an overcapacity. There were too many attendees, asistentes. Uh, some of the rides were broken. Uh, parts of the park were unfinished. There was a gas leak. Some of the pavement was still wet. I mean, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. But despite that, a pesar de eso, It was huge. It was an immediate success. Just one month after the park opened, it hosted half a million visitors. And Disneyland, which is still there in California, is still a huge success. Now, I have to be honest with you, I've never been to Disneyland, but I have been to Disney World. And in fact, I worked at Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and I'll tell you all about that. So Disneyland, yeah, it was the first one, but Disney World is the mother of all theme parks, and I'll tell you all about it. And the crazy thing about Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, Walt oversaw the construction. Uh, they even purchased lots, terrenos, under fake companies so the price wouldn't go up. I mean, Walt really wanted to do this, and he wanted to make a mega park, but he never lived to see Walt Disney World finished. It's just my opinion, but I think he would be very proud of what his legacy has left behind. And speaking of overseeing, to supervisar, you say in Spanish, the last film that Walt Disney personally oversaw was The Jungle Book, which I'm sure you all know that. It's the bare necessities. And well, during the making of that movie, Walt passed away due to lung cancer. This was in 1966. And well, anybody who knew Walt, especially his employees, they said that he was a heavy smoker. And finally, it caught up with him. Oh, and while we're talking about the Jungle Book, did you guys get that pun? Ese juego de palabras? It's the bare necessities. Now, it's a bear that sings that song, right? Un oso. But the bare necessities, escrito B-A-R-E, son las necesidades básicas. So you see, there's Disney playing with puns as he always liked to do. And we're going to wrap up in a little bit. Vamos a acabar en un poquitín aquí. I just want to invite you guys, if you haven't discovered the bonus content, we always have bonus content on every episode and you guys can find out so much more. For example, today we're going to look at this myth is Walt Disney really frozen? Was Walt Disney really from Mojácar? We're going to find out all these secrets and much more. In fact, I'll even tell you about a secret apartment located in Disneyland. And I'll tell you all about my personal experiences working at this mega theme park. If you guys want access to the bonus content, consider becoming a patron. Remember, you can get 
extra audio. You can get PDFs with all the vocabulary and expressions in every episode and even classes with me on a weekly and monthly basis. If you want more information or simply want to support the show and all the work I do, stop by patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. That said, I'd like to send a shout out to all my patrons out there. Thank you so much to all of you. There are over 90 of us. Somos más que 90. A shout out to my super duper students, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Loles. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Carmen, Diego, Pilar, and Diana. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This show would not be possible without you. And we're going to wrap up now talking about some of the success that Disney had. Well, not him directly, but his company. So I guess if he were alive, he would be basking in this success as well. Well, right now, Walt Disney is still the winner of the most Oscars. That's right. He has the record for the most Oscars of anybody out there. He has won or received a total of 26 Academy Awards. That is the record. A lot of people will debate this number too because they're saying, wait, he won an Academy Award for this movie, but he was dead already. Well, guess what? I guess he learned his lesson about owning the characters. That thing that happened, that fiasco with Oswald the Rabbit, was never going to happen again. In fact, he owned these characters well past his death. And his brother, Roy Disney, and other Disney family members who kept the company going have kept the rights to these characters, which, as we know nowadays, that's where all the money comes from, licensing. So there's our friend Walt Disney, ahead of his time. And I gotta say something, if he were alive right now, he would be rolling over in his grave at how amazing it's gone for his little company that started with his brother in Hollywood. And now, well, as I said at the beginning of the show, it is one of the biggest entertainment conglomerates in the world. The word Disney is synonymous with entertainment. They own ABC Entertainment, ABC News, ESPN, Vice, Lucasfilm, 20th Century Fox, Marvel, Hulu, National Geographic Global Networks, and the list goes on. On. So I think if we can take anything from this episode, it's maybe a little lesson in persistence in the fact that if you have a dream like Walt Disney, don't give up on that dream. Work hard and hopefully one day you will achieve those dreams. Thank you so much to all of you for joining us. Remember, if you want more stuff in the bonus part, we'll see you there. It's been a pleasure having you on this episode of FYI.